There's power in the testimony. You know, the Bible says they overcame by the blood and the word and their testimony. Speaking about what God has done in our lives is so empowering and so encouraging to other people and as well as ourselves. When we hear, when our ears hear our voice, it's like we're speaking. It's like our ears are hearing encouragement as well. Do you follow what I'm saying? And we're empowering ourselves by speaking the testimony of God's greatness and his power and his love and his mercy. It's encouraging. Well, last week we, we talked a bit about God calling us. And as we, the brother was saying, the red cups, they're used for various different things. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, when we were kids, we would play with a cup on either end, you know, and pull that string tight, and one would talk in, the other one would listen, you know. And all throughout our lives, these red cups, though we don't see them, are hanging various places. Some of them, places that are in the way. And you just want to just kind of push it out. Just get out of the way. I've I got other things to do. I've got more important things to do. Get out of the way. And yet the call, God's call, God's voice is calling you. What will you do when God calls you? You know? And so will you, will you pick up the phone or will you just walk right by as if it didn't exist? You know? And though we, we won't see these red cups very often, you know, I hope that you never think of a red cup the same again. <laughs> and when you do see it, that it reminds you that God is calling. His voice is calling to your spirit. It's calling to your spirit. Are you listening? Are you listening? And I, I want to do just a, a recap, if you will, of what we spoke about last week. And I think that the Lord has some more things that he would like to say about this topic. And we talked about how there's a wave of sleepiness and apathy and, and people are lethargic and, and even a, an indifference, if you will, about the things of God. And Keith Green sang the song, Asleep in the Light. You, re- you may remember that. That song, Asleep in the Light. What a powerful song. And it's almost as if the attitude is, let somebody else do it. Somebody else will come along behind me and pick up the slack where I refused or chose not to get involved or chose not to respond let someone else do it. And we've become, a, a, in a sense, a fast food religion. You may have heard that phrase before. A fast food religion. Well, fast food is, is something, a place where you can go to get your food quick. It's already prepared. It's been sitting on the shelf waiting for you, pretty much. Okay? And those heat lamps keep those things warm and not so healthy and 
dried out a bit, and, and we just eat them right up, don't we? Oh, those French fries and all that greasy stuff. It just goes down so good. But in a sense, we've become that way with our religion, our faith. It's like we've, there's a drive-through church. I wouldn't be surprised if that exists right now. You drive through, you get your five-minute sermon, and you get what you need, and you hammer down, you're out of there. Okay? So you're driving through the drive-through to get your faith fixed for the week. Yeah? And you got a list of things that you need to do. We've all had the honey-do list. Okay? You got a, a list of stuff you got to do. Well, church is on that list. Maybe, maybe not. And you got to check that thing right off. I come, I did my thing on Sunday morning, my fast food. I get that. I out, out the door, check it off, and I don't think about it again until Sunday morning, the next Sunday. Fast food religion. It's not healthy. We've become content to cheer from the sidelines instead of being involved on the field. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're content to shout from the sidelines instead of being active on the field. And so the work of the kingdom goes undone. I don't need church. That's, that's eventually what happens is little by little, we once make the decision, I, I'm not going to go today. I'm just, I'm too tired. Okay? Um, we're just being real here. All right? You come here long enough, you're going to find out we're real here. <laughs> okay? You're too tired to come to church today for whatever reason. Or you do come to church and you're just kind of sitting there slumped over a little bit. You kind of slumped down and your head's down. You're kind of dragging a little bit. We've been there, right? Okay? I don't want to be stepping on no toes. I'm stepping on my own. Okay? And then pretty soon, we're like, ah, nobody's going to worry. Nobody's going to care if I'm there or not. They don't need me. I don't need them. And so you slip into that slippery slope. When I was on back medication, OxyContin, you may have heard of that drug. Boy, I had some troubles with that. That thing, that drug was a slippery slope. My doctor told me it would be as such, and it was. And you take it at first, and pretty soon you need more of it to get the same effect, to get the pain to go away. And pretty soon you're taking more, and pretty soon you're taking a handful. It's a slippery slope. At first you're like, well, one, one Sunday's not going to hurt if I'm not there. And probably not. But what it does is it opens the door for more Sundays, right? And pretty soon, you're to the point to where it's, you're here half of the time. Okay? And the priority of being in church on Sunday morning has slid down the honey-do list a few notches, if you follow what I'm saying. It's not such a priority anymore. And before we know it, we're pretty comfortable being away from the body of Christ. 
In Hebrews 10, 25, if you would turn there with me. And we've all heard this scripture. It's used over and over. And And it says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, we know the day, the, the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? But it says, don't give up meeting together. Don't do it. It's dangerous. And let me ask you this. As long as we're talking about this subject, we all know that church is the answer, right? Church is what saves you. And so you got to be in church to be saved. Church ain't going to save anybody. Okay? This building, it could be gone tomorrow. It's not going to save anyone. What's going to do the saving? Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's the thing that does the saving. Is it important to be in church? Yes, according to... To the word of God, Hebrews 10.25, it really is very, very important for us to be in church. Why is it important for us to be in church? Because we do that very thing. People just testified here in your own hearing about what God has done. I don't know about you, but I, I was on the verge of tears hearing that stuff. It breaks me. It encourages me. It strengthens me. It lets me know that there's hope. Somebody else made it through. I can make it through. God did that for somebody else. He's going to do the same thing for me, and he's going to do the same thing for you. You may be in a difficult spot right now, but if you're here today, it's exactly where you need to be. Don't forsake the gathering together. As, and listen as some are in the habit of doing. Some people get into the habit. you ever get into the habit of something you didn't want to do? Donuts. A prime example of something you don't want to do. That becomes a habit, okay? <laughs> Donuts. And so on. All right? It makes you happy for a little while, but it kind of sticks around after a while. You follow? Don't get into the habit of doing that. Being in the house of God is exactly where you need to be because God speaks to people. When we're gathered together in his name, he's there in the midst, as his word says. He's there with us. And you know what? God wants to speak to you. To you, yeah. God wants a relationship with you. I'm not talking religion, friends. Religion has a tendency to be cold and distant and dead. Okay? Relationship is where it's at, friend. Relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, our Savior and our Redeemer. Amen? The Lord Jesus Christ. There's some saving power in that name. <laughs> wow. The Bible says, 
Turn there with me, if you will. James chapter 4, verse 8. Next book over. James chapter 4, verse 8. Man, there's something about the Word that when I read it, it's like my spirit comes alive. It's like I've been needing a drink of water. The Bible talks about it. I think it's in Isaiah, and it says, my, my soul thirsts for you in this dry and weary land. And that's what our, our souls hunger and thirst for the truth of God in our lives. Not religion, not church, Jesus Christ in our lives. And when we experience it, our souls, just like the dry ground, just drinks it in. There was an old commercial. I don't even remember. I think it might have been Sprite or 7-Up or something. <clears throat> and it showed this guy. He's walking across the desert, you know, and he's, he's, he's had it, man. He's on his last leg, and he's, he's parched. He's thirsty, and, and he comes to a place where he's got an opportunity to drink, and he doesn't drink. He takes dry, saltine crackers, and he eats the crackers. You'd think, oh, my gosh, what are you doing, man? But he's making himself so thirsty because... He knows that that Sprite or that 7-Up is the next thing. And he just wants to guzzle it down, and he does. But that's a visual aid, if you will, of what our souls are like. Our souls are so hungry and thirsty for the Word of God. The Word of God is freedom for your souls. The Word of God is life. The river of life, the Bible talks about. May remember that song. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. Oh, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Remember that one? Spring up, oh well. Yeah, I'm dating myself, ain't I? Let's move away from that subject. <laughs> Praise God. But that's what it is. The Word of God is a river of life. The Spirit just wells up inside of you. When you come and you experience, I'm talking, you experience, you feel the Spirit of God here. And that's always our hope and our prayer that the Spirit of God moves in this place, moves in the midst of His people. That's always our prayer. We don't want to get in the way. Yeah, we have a plan. We got things lined up. We, we got certain songs we want to sing. I got a message that I want. But I don't ever want any of that stuff to get in the way of what God wants to do. This is his place. This is his place. This is his time. I want, we want God to move. We want to hear from him. You see, I can't give you anything that I don't have myself. Anything that I can give you ain't going to help you. Jesus can help you. Okay? If I don't have that to give you, I've got nothing. Jesus is the one that's going to help you. And we talked about remember and repent and renew, talking about in Revelation chapter 2 and how the church had lost its first love. And it says, remember the height from which you have fallen which points back to a time when the church was on fire for Christ and about what he was doing. 
And after a while, things just kind of fade away. Some of you are there right now. And I think at times, we all battle with that. If we're being honest, I think that we all battle with that. And so, you know, I don't have this scripture down, but in, in Timothy, it talks about fan into flame the gift of God. Now, I was doing some camping up at Letchworth last week, and I had one heck of a time trying to get a fire going. I'm pretty good at building fires, okay? Sometimes when I don't want to, but that's beside the point. And I came, I had my dry tinder, I had everything prepared because I knew that it was probably going to be wet there. Any sticks and branches I would find would probably be wet, okay? Even though I had all that good stuff, I was fighting with that crazy fire to get that thing going. And it's the same way sometimes in our own spiritual lives. We've got to fan into flame, and that's exactly what I had to do. I had to get down on my knees. I'm blowing on that crazy thing, and I'm taking a plate and fanning into flame. I remember my grandpa, Harry Peck. He was so good at cooking chicken. Mm. And he'd fan that flame for a long time, getting those coals just right, you know. But it's the same way in our spiritual lives. We've, it's up to us to fan into flame the gift of God, the coals of fire in our, our faith. Fan it into flame. The, the coals ain't going to do much. That flame is a consuming fire. That's what we want in our lives, isn't it? We want a flame. Because the flame is where the warmth is. The flame is where it consumes. Yes? And so, in that scripture, Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, remember the height, consider the height from which you have fallen. Remember, repent. Turn around is what that means. Repent, right? Turn around and then renew. Go back and do what? Do what you did before. Do what you were doing before when you were on fire for God. Do that stuff. Don't stop doing that. If you've gotten into the habit of staying home, don't do it. It's not good for you. The Bible says it. The Lord is telling you, do what's good for you. Be in a place where there's encouragement. You can hear my word. Not that you can't hear God's word at home, okay? But there's something about when you're here together with other like-minded believers, there's power in it. There's power in it. That flame just begins to burn, and it stays with you. And you know that when you come back on Sunday morning, it's going to be there again. But if you don't, little by little, that flame has a tendency to go out. All right? And pretty soon, it's down to coals. Then pretty soon, just a bunch of smoke. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Over and over and over and over, throughout our day, throughout our lives, God is on the phone, and he's ringing. Did you ever have your cell phone in your pocket, 
And you feel like, oh, that thing's buzzing. I better pick it up. And there's nobody there. It wasn't even ringing. It just feels like it's ringing. Well, that's God calling you. No. No. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Okay? But God, throughout our lives and our days, is calling us. God wants to meet with us. He desires that relationship. He desires that relationship. Marriage is very similar to our relationship with God. Do you know that? Do you know that? If we, over time, how many of you know when you get married, man, you're all fired up, marriage is great, life is good, everything good, okay? And after a while, pretty soon, you got to work, okay? So you go to work, you're working all the time, all right? The house is a mess. You got to work all the time. You come home, you're tired. Life gets in the way. Let's put it that way. Okay? Pretty soon you got a bunch of bills you got to pay. You got to be here. You got to be there. The wash needs to be done. Okay? The dishes got to be done. The house needs to be vacuumed. And all of these things. And pretty soon, all that's left, if you're not careful, is all the stuff you hate. All the stuff you hate. You hate the bills. You hate to have to work. You hate having to clean up and do all this junk. And there's no flame. And pretty soon you find yourself where you are at opposite ends and there's nothing in common anymore. And it happens to many, many people. Christians and non. Okay? We're being honest here today. It happens. It happens to the best of us. And so, if we don't do something proactively to keep ourselves in tune with each other and to keep that flame alive, pretty soon the marriage just naturally, unattended, just begins to fall apart. And all that's left is the stuff you don't like. Okay? So it's very important that we, I'm I'm seeing some elbows here and there. Hey, you hear him? Listen up over there. (laughs) Okay? So it's our responsibility, husbands, it's our responsibility to keep the flame alive. Do you follow me? And so what do you do when that happens? You go back. One of the things you do, you go back and you do the stuff you did at first when you were so passionately in love. What were some of the things you did? Well, you went out to eat, you went to the movies, you did this or that, right? And you, you, you doted on your lady like she was the queen of England. And your man, oh, he's just so strong and good looking. You remember those days? <laughs> It's been a while, and he had lots of hair. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Okay? We're going to be careful here now. But we're talking good stuff here. In our, yeah, let's move. In our relationship with the Lord, it is no different. If we just leave it to happen chance, pretty soon it's just drudgery. 
I got to go to church again? Are you kidding me? I just left the place. Okay? It's important that we stir into flame, fan into flame. Fire it up. What can you do? How do you fire up your faith, friends? How do you do it? Right here. This is the igniter. This fans it into flame. This is the charcoal starter. Right? This is the stuff you squirt on there and it goes... Right? You read the Word of God and it fires you up. Something happens in your spirit when you read the Word of God. And you come alive. And you become what you've always been meant to be. You become what God has always intended you to be, friends. And God desires that for you. We've been created with a God-shaped hole in our souls. You follow me? In our soul, in our heart, the very inner parts of our being is this hole that only God can fill. Do you follow that? Only God can fill that. And many of us have tried to fill that emptiness with something else. We've tried to fill it with love, quote love, okay, from a man or a woman. We tried to fill it with other things, and they become addictions, okay? And we, and we try to fill it with money and, and this, and, and nothing else works but God himself. Why? It was meant to be that way. We were created to be that way, to be in relationship with God. That's what he wants, and that's what your soul craves. In your life, you will try things to make you happy. And maybe that's a husband or a wife or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or maybe a great job or, or this or that, a nice house, nice cars, and all these things you try to make you happy. But after a while, even a new car, yes, a new car, will eventually lose its mm, excitement. Yeah? After a while, that car or that relationship, or that money, or the house, or whatever the case may be, loses its thrill. And it just becomes old hat. I've driven that car now for three years. No big deal to me anymore. Okay? And so, you need to find something that lasts. Something that lasts. And that thing that is going to fulfill you is Jesus Christ in your life. That is the thing that makes the difference. And as God calls you, it, it may not be some huge big call. It might be something as simple as teaching a Sunday school class. And we talked about this last week. Or helping things on Sunday morning or, or shovel the walkway or vacuum or it may be something simple at first all right but god is asking for you to be involved he wants you on the field 
Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Would you turn there with me? Pastor Mike Stevenson spoke here Wednesday at the men's dinner. Man, I love that guy. Brought a great word. This is one of the scriptures he brought. I'm kind of ripping it off today. Jeremiah 15, or yeah, 15, verse 15, verse 16. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. When your words came, I ate, I devoured them. Bible says, I am the bread of life. When we're going to be having communion here real soon. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The bread of life. It's like sustenance is the picture that's painted, right? It's the food that we need to live off of. It's what we need to live off of. He is the bread of life. When your words came, I ate them. I ate them. The word of God is to be consumed consumed take it in if we only ate once a week as we come to church maybe once a week on sunday morning we would be in really rough shape we'd be weak we wouldn't be thinking correctly we'd be out of shape we would be ineffective and it's no different with our spiritual lives once a week is not enough it's not enough. Yes, it's extremely important. There's no doubt about it. Okay? But it's not enough. We have many things. Last night, we had a movie. We played a movie. Do you believe? Man, that's a good movie. You guys seen that? That's a great movie. You got to check it out. All right? We got cafe. So many different things. We have Wednesday night prayer and, and all the youth groups. So many different things that we have to offer an opportunity for you to continue in your faith, to be encouraged, to be lifted up, to be strengthened, to be discipled and trained and educated. Many different opportunities, and yet some of us still choose to just stay home. It's like, I don't need to be there. They don't need me. I don't, I don't need that. Well, you do. We do. We do. When your words came, I ate them. I ate them. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 26. Are you with me this morning? We're almost done here. Hang with me, okay? Chapter 16, verse 26. Now listen to this. The laborer's laborer's appetite works for him. Why? Because his hunger drives him on. Are you hungry today? And I'm not talking for chicken wings or buffalo pizza or... (laughs) 
I better quit while I'm ahead. I'm stepping on all kind of toes today. Okay? His hunger drives him on. Are you hungry today? Are you hungry for the word? Are you hungry for God? Or has your faith, has your relationship begun to wane? How, how do we fix it? How do we protect ourselves as we would protect our marriage? How do we protect ourselves from allowing all of these things to take over the passion? And it is so much like a marriage. It really is. It really is. Well, one thing you can do is have a date night, right? Date night, very important in a marriage, a night that you set aside where it's just you and your spouse, okay? You do stuff like that so that nothing else is going on. It doesn't take a whole bunch of money, doesn't take a whole lot of time, but it's time that you together have designated where it's just the two of you to keep the flame alive, okay? In our relationship with God, it's all about time. What are you doing? How much time are you spending with God? That's why prayer and daily prayer and Bible reading is so, it's such an essential part of our lives. It ought to be. Without it, it all just becomes drudgery. And all the passion just becomes a a big bunch of junk we don't want to do. Nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. Nobody wants that. God wants a relationship with you. He wants the real stuff, man. He wants two-way communication. He wants to speak into your life. And you know what? He wants to hear what you have to say. The Bible says to cast your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am so glad. I'm so glad that my faith doesn't have to be cold and dead and just a bunch of orthodoxy. I'm just going through the motions. I don't want that garbage. I don't want it in my marriage. I don't want it in my faith. I don't want it in my life. I hope it's the same for you. That's not what God intended it to be. Pastor Mike, just the other day, I'm going to rip something else off. He said, he said, he heard a guy say it and quoted it, and I just thought it was awesome. If it's not sin, do it! Okay? If it's not sin, do it! Isn't that awesome? Hey, think about that. God created this world for us to enjoy. He's not looking to take all your fun away, folks. I'm sorry. He created all of this stuff for you, go out and enjoy it. Just don't sin. If it ain't sin, go for it. There's freedom. There's freedom in Christ. Are you hearing the voice of God? Do you hear when God calls you? And if so, what are you going to do about it? God is always looking for a response from us. Always. And we're going to give you an opportunity today.
And I'm just asking that the rest of us that have done this already be patient or come and join them here at the altar. But I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord today. In your spirit, I hope that you feel a burning that maybe even a little bit of discomfort like, oh, man, I've, I've kind of really fell in this area, Lord. And it happens. You know, don't beat yourself up over it. Fix it. Go back and do what you did before. Right? Remember, repent, and renew.